Okay, I saw that Rent, that movie Rent, way too young. I've never seen it. It's, yeah, it's like that musical where like all the people live on like, the Lower East Side and all AIDS. Oh. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, holy... I, I remember watching it. I didn't sleep for like a week or two. I thought someone was going to come in my room with AIDS and then just like inject me with it. Even in like my... As a kid, I had just like crazy anxiety where I would think about all these crazy things happening. My biggest fear was getting AIDS. Jesus And then Christ. I remember in fifth grade learning about... I think the guy's name was like Ryan White or something. It was like this kid in the 90s who got a blood transfusion. Yeah. And the hospital accidentally gave him blood with HIV in it. Ooh. And so, yeah, he was like a 12-year-old kid Damn, that, that got AIDS. HIV at the time where AIDS was bad. They didn't know what to do about it or anything yeah. like that. So the kid ended up like dying. But, like, the school didn't want him coming to school anymore because they right. didn't know about AIDS. They didn't want him giving out to kids and stuff. And, like, yeah. so his mom went on this, like, crazy campaign where she was like, let him go to school. And I was like, what's the point? He's dying, you know? Yeah. You don't need to learn <laughs> fucking numbers and shit. Yeah, just let him go. Yeah, the school was like, he's a lost cause. Fuck it. But, yeah, it was, like, a big, like, thing where it's almost like a mini civil rights thing where it's like, treat AIDS people the same. And yeah. He died. Well, yeah, there was a whole movie about, uh, it's called Philadelphia. With oh, yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, and yeah. Denzel Curry, or yeah. Denzel Curry. Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel Curry's like spitting yeah. bars. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, but living with a, I live with a gay roommate now. I've learned so much about like just STDs. Yeah. And, because, you know, there's very sexually active. But he's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a shot that you can get like every three months that'll prevent you from getting HIV. Prep, right? Isn't that? Yeah, or, yeah, like there's that. Some, yeah, there's something. Yeah, oh, yeah, because I was like preparation H, and he's like, no, no, not that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, like, oh damn that's what prep h is for i've been yeah. using it wrong this whole time <laughs> no yeah no 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 it's uh yeah but hiv not as terrible of, of course it's still a terrible yeah. thing to do but they're working on it you know yeah I mean? people tell i told uh i was talking to some some friends about it and they were like you need to stop worrying so much about hiv and it's yeah. like that's still top of the list i don't know and like <laughs> like i said i've been trying to stop smoking cigarettes and stuff like can- i should be worried about cancer yeah i yeah. should be worrying about that yeah but yeah, yeah. HIV is still up there for me. That's a big worry. Yeah, maybe that's a good place to start with uh, just, with your worries. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, the worries that I, yeah. Do you have six hours? It's a <laughs> six hour long podcast. Yeah. No. Well, so yeah, well, ladies and gents, welcome back to uh, Articulate. Today we've got a uh, Josh Martier returning again. Hell yeah. Welcome back, dude. I'm you want to look at this camera? That's Josh. Yep. There look, it this is. One, there's this one here. That's straight on you. Even this. One, oh, this is nice. I love this setup, dude. I feel like I'm on Carson. I know. Yeah, I'm gonna look here. That. I'm like, welcome back, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Oh hell yeah. No. We got bam, 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 bam. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, remember uh, last time that we didn't even have lights? We I know. The last like, time. I just set it up on the. What, was <laughs> I was the first person in your new studio, right? Yeah. There, I was breaking it in. Yeah, yeah. breaking it in. And now yeah. I'm back. And oh, I wanted yeah. to give you the professional, professional setup. I love it, dude. You get all dressed up, too. Look at me. I look like a schmuck. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even tie my shoes. I don't know if the cameras can pick that up. I didn't even tie my shoes for this. No, it's okay. You give yeah. off, you know, it, I think it's the hair for sure, but you give off like a Marin type of vibe. You know what I mean? I'll take it. Yeah, Marin, where it's like I'm trying to get sober <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still mad at everything a little Jewy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah nailed it <laughs> yeah you're still worried about AIDS yeah still worried about AIDS everyone's like we stopped worrying about that <laughs> it's a weird yeah, thing to be like, yeah, yeah even the gays are yeah, cool with it it's like that's kind of our thing yeah no uh, that's funny yeah, that, that something like that well I was I was there were times I was triggered a lot when I was a kid just based off of like have you ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Oh, I love that movie. Dude, when the and kid, the like, book. kills himself. Like, yes, like, dude, Bobby. Like, Bobby. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, but that, like, smi- I watched that way too young. At least he like, got laid before he did, though. That's, that's true. Like, you, so you got to look at the silver lining and everything. Yeah, and know? he did a movie with Jack Nicholson before he died, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, 
Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Wait, wait, that's not how it I works. Know, yeah. I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I completely break character and just explain how movies work to you <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, Steve. <laughs> oh, Steve, you simple boy. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but like I've been anxious and depressed mm. majority of my life, at least yeah. since high school up until you threw, college was like the worst of it for sure. Mm. Um, and then I had this whole thing, I moved here, and it was, like, exciting to move here, so that kind of helped a lot, and then there was, like, a period of where it just became, like, uh, it was, like, within my first year where my anxiety, like, I was having panic attacks, like, weekly, Yeah. Uh, or the other attack, I know there's, like, panic and anxiety, there's, like, a little difference, I don't Mm -hmm. know what the exact difference is. Yeah, panic attacks, I think, are mostly, like, like, you feel, like, panic attack, like, you feel like you're dying, and it's, like, unexplainable, it's, like, very, like, hard to breathe, and, like, personally, like, when I, like, get, like, a real panic attack is debilitating it's like very hard to breathe feel like you're dying a lot of like symptoms of a heart attack and such anxiety attacks when i get those it's like i get lightheaded and it almost feels like i'm kind of like not in this world right it's almost like you very feel out of it or like glitchy or like kind of like a second behind everything and i feel lightheaded and the thing i like to do i gotta touch something to kind of really balance myself right because i get afraid i get like scared that i'm gonna pass out or something like that yeah so that's kind of like like an anxiety like i definitely put like panic attack real big anxiety attack it's not like manager it still sucks but it's like that's one one that's more frequent and it's like all right yeah but i think the biggest thing is just kind of recognizing that's what's, what's happening, happening. Yeah, yeah no exactly that's what so i guess i started with the panic attacks where i thought i was gonna die yeah. that was when i would get like way too high <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i like had to call my dad and be like am i gonna die and he's yeah. like why are you calling me <laughs> he still like he still holds it against me yeah. to this day you know what i mean yeah, uh, but yeah, the, then it was. It must have just been anxiety attacks because it was just like an unexplainable, like urgent, like something bad is going to happen now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like something bad is like very much about to happen, and I'm very, very scared about it. And you can only it just like spirals and yeah. it, it gets worse. But when you realize it's just a, an anxiety attack or something, you're like, okay, I'm having an anxiety attack. Let me just like breathe into a bag. People used to do that. Nope, I haven't seen somebody breathe into yeah, a brown dude. paper bag. I was working on a joke about that one too, about like before they knew about antidepressants, the only known <laughs> cure for anxiety was a brown paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. Also, kind of like the worst way to deal with a very public anxiety attack is all yeah. of a sudden you're it's like having a big old sign. It's like I'm freaking out I right am now. Fr- <laughs> Especially if you're high, <laughs> yeah. you're worried that other people yeah. know that you're really high. Oh, man. The yeah. thing about being, like, high, though, is, like, when that happens, it actually makes me feel a little bit better when I am, like, very stoned or something and I have an anxiety attack. I'm like, oh, there was, like, a reason for this to happen. Like, I, you, yeah. like you understand the cause, the correlation Luckily, of it. Yeah. It fucking sucks when you're dead sober yeah. and all of a sudden there's this, like, this anxiety that bubbles up that's, like, deep down you didn't even know was there this whole time yeah and then all of a sudden it comes up and you're like oh fuck i've been actually just like you know dealing with this or suppressing it this whole time and it fucking fought its way up there yeah there's underlying shit that i needed that's where that's where it's kind of it sucks because it's almost like there's work that i got to do here if this shit is like because like if you're stoned it's like all right the main work i gotta do here is probably smoke less weed yeah you know (laughs) when it happens and you're sober you're like fuck something's broken in there there's something i'm really freaked out about that i've either been ignoring or most likely just ignoring and suppressing yeah yeah what's the worst one that you've had oh man i think the most memorable ones i had was like when i was um i had someone i was like 
a kid, I'd say, like, I think I had one at, like, 12 and one at 15 that were just, like, so... For, uh, the first panic attack I had, I think I was, like, 12 years old. I just remember, like, laying in bed as a kid, couldn't fall asleep, and I just had this, like, panic attack that I couldn't breathe, freaked out, and it was, like, when you're that young, too, you don't know what the fuck it is. So you literally yeah. just think your body's shutting down. I remember just, like, kind of running into my parents' room, like, waking up, being like, something's wrong, something's wrong, I don't know what it is something's wrong with me i'm freaking out right now and they didn't know it was a fucking panic attack they're like what did you think you saw a ghost or something i was like yeah. I, I can't explain it i can't put words to what's happening but i'm like yeah. freaking the fuck out right and i remember that was real scary and my parents weren't very helpful like i'm sure i didn't probably my fault i didn't explain it well to them but they were well like, yeah when you're a kid it's hard yeah. to articulate that yeah. and when you're a kid and your parents look at you freaking out you're yeah. like i can handle this and they're also know? like we got to go to work in the morning you, yeah. what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then I remember it happening again when I was like 15 or so. I had another similar one to that. And what do you think it caused it when you were 12? Did you ever figure that out? I was, dude. I was such an anxious kid. Yeah. That like I was so anxious about. It, I think it was probably just moving from elementary school to middle school. Oh yeah. And I went to like a middle school that like people would always joke around. They're like, "That's a rougher middle school." Like I went to public school. Like everything. They're like that's a rougher one. Like people were starting to like do like uh, when I was young like. Seventh grade, so everyone was like, a lot of people were starting to smoke pot and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, you're coming out of the dare program. People are like, oh, drugs are bad. And as an anxious kid, you're like, drugs are terrible. Drugs, and everyone's yeah. like, you should be trying drugs. And you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, like, I'm very yeah. anxious about that. I was so anxious about. Oh my! This is embarrassing to say. I was always anxious about people planting drugs on me. Oh really? Because like, because like they would bring cops with dogs like through our school, right? And like to check your lockers yeah. for drugs and stuff. And then like I was always my biggest fear was that somebody would try to ditch their drugs in my locker, Damn. and that and I would get, get caught with the drugs, and then it go on my record. And then my entire life I would just be record. yeah, I'd yeah. be like <laughs> a felon, and I'd never be able to get a job. And then I gotta be like. Oh my! I, that was just the way my brain would work. That's all the crazy. Time. Even like, as a kid, I, as a kid, every day it was like. And this was elementary school. Uh, like yeah, into going into middle high? school. Yeah, yeah, going into junior high. Like so, every day, like I had in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if today's the day I go to jail. Yeah. Just like every day, it was like wow, that. Yeah, that sucks. Or like, man. and I remember going in the bathroom once, and people were like getting ready to like smoke weed. I'm like, for like two days afterwards, I'm like. I was around weed. Like, yeah. if they find out about that, then I'm going to get arrested with these guys, and all of a sudden, I'm going to go to jail. Like, everything was like, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. You're never going to be able to get a job. You're never going to be able to be, like, a regular member of society. You're going to end How up How was homeless. jail such, like, a big thing for I, you? I don't know. I I, 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 think, any- I think it wasn't even, like, the jail. I think it was just being branded as, like, a troublesome person. Like, I just, I even remember, uh, yeah, like, my, when I went to kindergarten, my first year of kindergarten like when i went in there because i went to like preschool i've been going to like preschool since like three so i was like all right right i'm going to kindergarten this is a fresh start my one goal is to not get time out i don't oh, want to be wow. put in time out i want to be so just time a good out was like person. a huge scary thing that was a, it wasn't like a scary thing it was just like i knew that that's what happened to bad people okay. i didn't want to be labeled a bad person wow. i want to be seen as a good person yeah so my first well, day of so, kindergarten well, so your idea of bad and good why do you think those were so uh inflated i think that's just something i just i think i think because when you're a kid people put so much emphasis on like the like, say no to drugs do this you know play by yeah. the rules were your parents really rules. strict yeah th- well my mom's indian she comes from a bit more conservative culture okay and then my father he, yeah he like kind of my mom did a, more of the raising part okay. and i feel bad because like she they all they work both work full time my mom definitely took on more of that 
load of like raising us and everything. So yes, she was very strict. Yeah. Um, are, are you are you Jewish at all? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 yeah, no. I know you look because <laughs> I know there's some sort that of neuroticism be, that comes from yeah. that, and then as well as that would be crazy. Like a, my mother was an Indian Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking your father's a Jew, and then your mother's like a conservative of Indian. That would obviously play a lot yeah. into like both sides of you know being anxious and then also having high standards. You know. Yeah, I mean? the high standards thing was real. My dad, Irish Catholic guy but he catholic guilt that his help. side of the family very anxious my dad's a very uh, anxious okay. guy yeah. everybody on his side of the family is very anxious like mm-hmm. a lot of them have to take daily medication for it it's like so i think i get a lot of my anxiety from them okay mom's side of the family all comes from india there's not as much of like a first world mental health awareness to yeah. things so i'm sure there's issues there but nobody's really diagnosed it's more of like you got shit push it down don't talk about it Damn. like you know fucking be normal yeah so so your first day in kindergarten my first day in kindergarten was everybody else's like fourth day okay. my parents <laughs> oh took, no so you're already it, like the odd yeah, man out it was my parents took like my sister and i to cape cod to like hang out with family and stuff and they didn't want to cut their vacation short so they were like yeah fuck it it's like the first day of kindergarten we can miss that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I ended up going my first day. Like I said, everyone else's fourth day. I get in there and I'm like ready to go. Everyone already knows everybody. Everyone's already like seated. Oh, no, everything no. like that. Yeah. So I get a seat. The teacher puts like a pile of beans in front of me and she's like, all right, today we're <laughs> going to learn how to count beans. Oh, no. I didn't know any of my numbers. Yeah. So like all the kids are like one, two, three, like counting. This is what they've been learning that week. Yeah. I knew nothing. So the teacher's like, I don't have the time to teach you and all these other kids. Oh. You don't know what you're doing. You're out. So she kicked me out of the class. So I had to go sit in the hall. Damn, you already got time out. Time out first day, first thing. Yeah. So my whole like goal of not being labeled a bad guy, you know, not getting time out for the entire year crumbled within the first 15 minutes of the day. Yeah. I get kicked out of the class. Yeah. All the other kids are doing the bean thing. And then when everyone gets to go to recess, I don't get to go to recess. The teacher has to try to catch me up oh, on man. everything the kids learn. Yeah. And then I just like, wasn't learning as quickly as all of them. And then so the teacher like called my parents in like a parent-teacher conference. They had to have like a conference about me. The f- after the first day? After like the first week or so. Yeah. And the teacher's like, he doesn't know how to count. He doesn't know his ABCs. He was a four days late to school. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Are you guys not teaching him anything? And my parents are like, I thought you teach them. And like, yeah. Well, no, he's like, you got to teach him the base. Like, you don't read to him or anything like that. You know, like, I was Preschool like, the first... didn't help at all. Yeah, no. And like, they they didn't read to you? No, it was just playing around. It was like a lot of like, okay. So, yeah, because so... it was like a, just a preschool at a church. It's just a place that you take your kids and drop them off while you have to go to work. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. Like, Lebanon like... Presbyterian Preschool and Daycare. Hell right? yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember shit. I don't remember. <laughs> you remember very vividly yeah. the scary parts. The scary parts, exactly. That's my whole life is just the scary parts. And mm. I'm like, and then I just assume the rest of life will be scary parts. Yeah. So yeah. So just right off of the bat, you had right this off the bat, misguided judgment about good and bad. Good. People. Yeah. Good and bad. And then I just felt like from then on, I was labeled as a bad kid. Yeah. And then I don't, I guess that kind of like internally sucked with me a little bit. But then. I, I I would. But here's the thing: what I did also hear from that is that you did play. You got to play a lot before then. Yeah. 
So I still see that, like, you still want to play. I am playing. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like I did a lot play. of playing. Yeah. And I met a lot. Of, I'm easy. I'm good at meeting people. Yeah. Good at making friends right off the bat. Like right. I've always been good at that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like I wasn't like a dumb. Like the funny thing about it was they tr- almost held me back in kindergarten because I didn't know how to read or write or anything like that. Right. By the time I got to first grade, they gave me like an IQ test and then put me in like those special classes because like they found out like I was. I got fucking Albert Einstein brain. Oh, shit. So, like, I had a high IQ, and then, like, this kid's actually kind of smart. Like, once I learned how to read, I was doing it quickly. I caught on. It's just that, like, no one ever taught me up front. Dude, your kindergarten teachers suck. They were like, he can't do shit. Yeah, he's just like, give me a chance. He's a delinquent. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. But no, so, like. So you definitely internalized it. It definitely internalized that a little bit now that I look back on it. And then, like, just about all those things about worrying and stuff. It's like, when I had a worry, it just never really went away and i never really expressed it to too many people it yeah. was kind of my own little thing like it was just a lot of sleepless nights worrying about people breaking in trying to take me trying to give me wow. aids trying to make me take drugs yeah. trying to like do things that are i've been told are bad dude it would make me a bad person that's the albert einstein yeah. brain it's just like just but like mixing with like the kid with, brain. yeah with things and just not being able to understand any of this and also not feeling comfortable being able to go and talk to my parents about any of this stuff yeah so it's like because like like i always wanted them to think i was a good person right. but then i have all these thoughts about like I don't know. It says, like, I don't want to disappoint anybody, things like that. Well, so and I think just... that comes from a little bit of the Catholic guilt as well because you're taught, yeah. like, any bad thoughts. Well, I wasn't like, raised I Catholic at all. My dad, by the time that I oh, came really? around, was very old because his dad was crazy about, like, the church and everything. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. my dad was very much... My, I wasn't raised with any sort of religion. My mom was Hindu. She would take my sister and I to temple for, like, the big holidays just kind of give us exposure to that culture. Yeah. But... Like she was said, if you want to believe in God, that's fine. Just believe that God's in you. There's okay. not like a God. You don't need to give your money to God. She was very against that. She's like, you don't need to <laughs> give your money away to God. You don't need to give your time away to God. Just try yeah. to be a good person and know that if you want to believe in God, God's inside of you. Okay. Um, she taught us a lot about evolution, like and stuff like that. She's like, all right, let's be real. But not numbers. Her. Yeah, not numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking countings for nerds. <laughs> She's like, what do yeah. we count beans, dude? What the I think fuck? I think actually when they had that talk with the kindergarten teacher, my mom overcorrected. Oh, she's then she, she was very strict about school and everything like that. Okay. She's like, I, you, she's like, we got to do it. The teachers aren't going to do it. We got to really buckle it in, right? Hammer it in. So there was a lot of well, like crazy. stress. You and also said on that that worries never go away for you. Where I think some people at some point, you know, worry kind of subsides. Yeah. For you, it's just like it's. It, immediate worry it's so it's probably so powerful right at the top you like you said you like suppress it the only way that a worry will go away is if there is another worry that's stronger and (laughs) overtakes that's there always has to be something to worry about even when i'm not worried then i'll be worried that i'm not worried about something i'm getting too comfortable yeah so that's just there always has to be a worry yeah no that's that's wild man especially like that early that you remember it so vividly oh yeah it's just like, like it wasn't like I don't know. And I feel bad because I never want to complain and be like, I wasn't a happy childhood or anything. I wouldn't ever say that because there are people that have gone through awful shit right. as children and stuff. But it's like, I don't I, I don't have many memories of being like young or a kid or anything because I think it, I kind of just block a lot of that shit out because yeah. a lot of my time as a kid was just being really, really worried yeah, and confused about why I feel so uncomfortable all the time dude, I, I feel that too like especially I, I mean i've tried to talk with my parents about it but it's the same type of thing where it's like i have nothing to complain about like my exactly. childhood like i was given the things yeah. that i needed i went to school i had friends and everything but like 
internally, like, I measure a lot of my life just based off of fuck-ups. Yeah. And just, like, like I used to have, I, so I guess they were panic attacks. I didn't even, like, think about it until now. But we might have talked about this last time. But, like, when I was a kid and I was alone, like, if I thought I was alone, like, if nobody was in the house for, like, more than a minute, I would literally start, like, yelling at the top of my lungs, freaking out, running around up and down the house. And then I would go outside. There was one time at, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> and I, like, went to my neighbor's house and was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't Damn. know what that was. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that was, and I still haven't figured it out. You know, yeah. uh, some sort of like fear of abandonment, or I guess, yeah. Like, but and then where would that come from? You know what I mean? Man, I bet you they forgot you at the hospital when you were a baby. That's probably what probably it was. Probably like three days you were just sitting there and you're starving shit all over yourself and stuff. And oh, yeah, shit knew, all over myself. I knew we forgot something. Mm -hmm. What could it have been? Yeah, switching baby's baby blood Steve. with me. I was getting yeah. HIV in there the whole time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's the reason why you're so skinny. <laughs> skinny and pale. You look anemic because of that Jesus HIV. Christ. <laughs> just fucking yeah, yeah, becoming a little roast right now. Oh, yeah. But... So you had all that. That's very fucking inherent, dude. But yeah. But we talked about this last time. Then you started talking. So I feel like another part of that is you just felt like you, like you said, you were scared to go to your parents. You never had anybody to like confide in. Very scared to go to my parents. So then when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I tried talking to like my pediatrician at the time, and I didn't know words to put it together. Like I didn't know his anxiety or anything. I was like, I just feel really like kind of overwhelmed and then i would get real sad and depressed and then like you know i'd always kind of think as like like even as a kid i always had this idea i was like if shit gets really bad i could always just kill myself it's like <laughs> i always like even as like a like 14 15 16 that was like like as a kid for a little bit it was funny because my big thing was i would just run away yeah but now you're an adult you're like that's what run that's away. horrifying <laughs> like my biggest fear right now is being homeless it's like, yeah. like lose my job lose my house got nowhere to go as a kid, can you imagine running away? You don't have any real away. money. Yeah, I'm just going to run away. And then, and what, get raped? So you're like, run away. Yeah, you, I, I'm yeah. just going to kill myself. Yeah, like uh, and then I was, like, I was like, that's too much work. Yeah. Killing yourself, that's easier. easier. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's more doable. That's a viable option. And I feel like as a kid, it's weird. But there is some sort of, within certain groups, not everybody, but there is some, like, idealized form of, like, suicide. You know what I mean? That, yeah. like, they show it in movies, like, a oh, cool characters. Oh, emo music? Yeah, I emo mean, music. yeah, you just, like... <laughs> I'll just kill myself. Just go fucking dude. Adam song by Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, dude. So yeah. definitely like a lot of that. But then it was like becoming more and more to the point where it's like a little worrying. It's like, why am I thinking about ending it? And like this is like, why is like my in the back of my head whenever I get really nervous about something, I'm like, dude, worst case scenario, we just kill ourselves. Yeah. Like that's so I tried talking to like a doctor a little bit about it, and doctor ultimately felt that what I was describing were like kind of manic depressive episodes like depression type thing and because it was a pediatrician they're like, all right you're saying this i understand they took it very seriously they're like i get what you're saying here let me bring your parents into the room we could talk to them about it. i'm like i don't know if that's a good idea <laughs> doc's like legally we have to Damn. so they brought my mom into the room Damn. and she flips the fuck out yeah she was like there's nothing wrong with him he's not depressed blah 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 grabbed my arm ripped me out of the room yelled at the doctor told the doctor wow. off yeah so and then like i remember we were driving and she was so mad she like pulled into like a circuit city parking lot this is after circuit city had gone under so it was just an empty parking lot and just yelled at me she was like what are you doing going around telling people that you're depressed and shit like that and she's like do you know how hard kids have it where i'm from or like in africa and places like that like you're saying you're depressed but your father and i worked hard to give you a good life and this and that and just made me feel so shitty 
about mm. the fact that I would be complaining about my life and everything and where I was. And it was just like, I just remember being like, felt so low, just so low. I was like, damn, dude, I'm so ungrateful. I don't know why I'm just like sad and like this and shit. And then I found out about smoking weed very soon after that. <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, if you're just like sad and anxious and you're confused and you don't know, smoking weed is a great escape from all that yeah. at that age. It's like it's not a good idea to just ignore all those issues and stuff. But I mean, I was able to just be stoned all day, every day from 17 to like. <laughs> Into my twenties, just yeah. like just all the time, just stoned and ignoring those feelings and stuff. Yeah, and I was also kind of just pissed off at my parents. I was like, because I didn't like, handle it. Yeah, well. you, I was like, you're not gonna acknowledge that I'm trying to tell you. I think there's something wrong. Yeah, and fuck it. If you're not going, then you know what? I'm gonna handle it my way. Then this right. seems to be working. I'm gonna just like kind of like self medicate. So yeah, I was just stoned for a very long time, and then. Yeah. Um, and you know there is like a taboo against just like getting stoned as a kid like developmentally yeah. for sure but it is medicinal yeah. <laughs> like it literally has been proven to be medicinal for anxiety i don't think depression. it was better for anxiety i think it just kind of threw a blanket over all of that okay. and allowed me to kind of just be numb right. you know well it was like an escape yeah well it, like, it, it I, was an escape but that was yeah. your only way of coping at the time it feels yeah. like or from what i'm hearing you know yeah what I, mean? I think yeah, no, definitely. It was just because, like, like, you even went to like a, you know, like a psychiatrist or a, pedi- a pediatrician, yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> talked about it, and then tried to go to your parents, and then so I mean, like, that's usually what where what you're supposed to do. Like, if you're a kid now, yeah. especially like in today's, you know, like we, everybody's trying to accept all the sadness and depression or whatever. If you're a kid and you're feeling those thoughts, even if you're privileged, you are the first thing you should do is go to your parents or go to your therapist yeah. or go to like an adult about it. And you did. And those things. And that is actually pretty quick. Cause I never really, I never really thought about it, but yeah, it's like, I guess there was a little bit more of a stigma. I don't ever want to be that guy that was like back in my day. Yeah. You know, we're but, getting that age, dude. It's oh, crazy. We're only 20. I'm only like about to turn 25 oh, man. and I'm already like hanging around like 18 year olds. I'm like, damn, I'm fucking, damn, I'm dude. out of it. Dude. Yeah. We're going to be able to, <laughs> Fuck, our comedy set soon are just going to be like, when I was a kid, <laughs> God, kill me. Yeah. That becomes my act, kill me. <laughs> Jesus. No, 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 no. I will, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... Uh, but the no, taboo against But, it, yeah, yeah. There, like, there still was. I think, it's, like, nowadays, a lot of people are very open. Like, you'll meet a person, and they'd be like, I have general anxiety disorder, OCD, ADHD, I got all this and this. Yeah. When I was younger, I was like, yo, bottle that noise up. Don't yeah. tell anybody that you're crazy. Stuff it down with don't some brown. fucking, yeah, yeah, do not say that. Especially, you're, don't even say that to your parents. Turns yeah. out they'll yell at you. Yeah. You know? So it's like. People used to get lobotomies for sure. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so like, it was just a very taboo thing. And I remember when my one buddy, like when I was like 19 and I was like losing a lot of weight and everything and like really kind of having like a, probably one of like, the most anxious points of my life like having like a nervous breakdown at that time my body my buddy told me he's like i do think that you have like an anxiety thing and it it was that just rocked my world because like fuck i have this issue that'll be with me for the rest of my life there's no known cure for it i'm just gonna have this and it marks me as different as not normal Mm -hmm. and it's just like something that i'll just continually have to struggle with and that like really kind of helped sent me spiraling didn't yeah. help help make things worse mm-hmm. well 
I, I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about with panic attacks, right? Where it's like, it is terrible, but once you realize that you have it, so like that was like anxiety. You're like, wow, this is it. It kind of sent you down even further. But I think that was still probably the first step towards, yeah. like, Sometimes you got to go down a little further to get up. Right. And I think that, like, realizing you have a problem yeah. or having an issue, just like in the 12-step program, whatever they say, that's the first step. It's like, yeah, you realize you have a problem, that realization sucks. That's yeah. a hard pill to swallow. Right. But ultimately, once you get it down, you're like, all right, there's a problem. What's the solution? Yeah. Now I can start searching for the solution. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it was a... Uh, tough thing from there but then just kind of learning from there i just i learned a lot about my own brain my own self and like you're gonna put stuff in your body that impacts your brain how is this impacting my brain how is it making it worse how do i nurture my brain and kind of make sure that like i'm setting myself up to not have these complete nervous breakdowns and collapses and things like that right Yeah, well, so this is kind of what I wanted to get at from the beginning was, so basically, I had that moment where I was like at my, you know, I had to start going to therapy, I had like a breaking moment or whatever, and really like every week was like another um, anxiety attack. And then I kind of worked through my stuff a little bit. I I also had realized since college that I had some sort of anxiety and depression. So I was always like trying to get like into meditating a little bit and like kind of get into, you know, working not even working out in the morning, but, like, going outside in the morning just to, like, get, you know, fresh air and get out of... You ever wake up and, like, you go outside and you can come back in after, like, a walk and be like, oh, this is a different area than what I woke up into. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. But uh, I I wanted to... One of the things you were like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I could just always kill myself, right? Mm -hmm. So when I started meditating, I'm like... My second thought to follow up was like, well, I could do like social suicide first and go meditate just somewhere for like, <laughs> that could be like my yeah. version of suicide. Um, also, you said, uh, you know, it was like another thing for me, it was like, uh, once I found drugs, it's like, why kill myself when I could just do drugs instead of yeah, <laughs> instead I, of running away or killing myself? I remember myself, having do that a bunch of thought drugs. for a while, like, throughout my uh, late teens and into my 20s when I was kind of fucking around with some of that stuff. Yeah. I just remember thinking, I'm like, why would people kill themselves when there's drugs? Right. Yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. having that thought. And let me tell you something. Uh, there are things that are worse than death, and that is just like yeah. being a slave to a substance. Yeah. Having your life depend on getting this substance and then not being able to get it. And then a lot of the, just the anxiety and the guilt and the feeling the shitty feeling of knowing that you are a slave to a sub that you're not kind of the king though the king of your own castle yeah, you're not in control. you are not in control at all right. you lost control and you're kind of a slave to this other thing yeah. and then not only that just the disappointment of knowing that you disappointed everyone that cared about you believed yeah. in you and thought about you and then you willingly threw it all away for drugs mm. that is not a good feeling you yeah. know sometimes it really is i would never advocate suicide but I also would never advocate drug, you know, drug like, yeah, like just being, or, yeah, just being like, like, it gets, yeah, it's easy to be like, damn, I'm so sad right now. I would never be like, you should try heroin, you know, because right. like you will feel not sad, <laughs> very good for a little bit, for sixteen hours yeah, approximately. There's like, there really is. It's like it's never, it, it sucks that it's never the easy way mm-hmm. to do something. The only way to really make yourself feel better is to learn those coping mechanisms and fucking 
really reset your life and learn the small steps that you just got to build and build and build and build up those skills over years and years to mm-hmm. tackle this thing that you still will never truly have a full handle on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think there is a point to where those, so, the, you know, like I said, I had been doing all these things to help with my state of mind yeah. generally, and I was still very depressed and still very anxious, but I was doing the I was doing the things just because I knew that they were supposed to help, you yeah. know, like physical health, you know, shit like that, like working um, out and all that stuff. Really trying, um, you know, started that in like college, but didn't really start to get better because there was always a point, a, a stressor of, I'm more of the type of anx- anxious person who there's one worry and I'll just work that up constantly or figure out a way that, so like money was like a, another thing coming out here is like, how am I going to pay for all this? And I still yeah. have this debt. Or, you know, like, I'm living with, a, you know, a terrible person. Like, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's so many. Or, or this job. Like, I'm going to be a slave to this job, and I'm not going to, you know, I spend so much time at this job, I'm not going to be able to search for another one that's, like, better. You know yeah. what I mean? Anything like that. Um, but then there was a period where I, I just got let go, like, from a job. And I had been, it was, you know, after I had gone to therapy and worked through some of my previous issues. And then I had, like, a month of unemployment, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna fucking just yeah. like like if if I can get like that, this is one of the thoughts that I had is like if I can get that low, I'm gonna allow myself to get as high as I can and the, you know with like yeah. just drinking and like smoking yeah. or like going out and having a good time. What well, what do you think is your so your big fear was around money there, mm-hmm. and not was like it. So what was your big fear that you would end up like homeless? Yeah, or not be able to reintegrate into society. Yeah, or? it was basically, I, and I think. Part of it comes back to, like, being the youngest in my family. It's like, I think I'm just going to be always the baby forever. I'm going to need yeah. everybody to take care of me. I'm going to have to help. move back in. Yeah, I'm going to need yes. everybody's help all the time. Uh-huh. And that's such, like, a... At least I have people to give me help, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Dude, I, I completely get that. I've been trying to, like, um, think about anxiety a little more. Because um, right now what I'm dealing with is, like, I thought... So, like, I uh, recently stopped drinking. It's been about four months and nice, I congrats. thought, like, yeah, thanks, buddy. I think, like, um, the anxiety at first, I thought that anxiety had gone down. And a lot of anxiety had kind of gone down because especially when you're drinking and you're hungover a lot, you have a lot of this guilt mm-hmm. shame. Yeah. And you think everybody hates you all the time and you don't really know why. And so there's right. a lot of that general anxiety and you feel very low. And you spend your days feeling low, and then at night you drink and you feel better and it's temporary relief. But you're really just kind of fucking up all of the – things in your brain that help regulate that and then you get in this pattern and this cycle and it goes on for years and years and years so coming out of that cycle and breaking that i was feeling better i was feeling less anxious um because it was new it was exactly it was new and then it was like and also it was like you're doing something you're trying something you're to help with all this so you feel like yeah you're like all right fuck i'm I'm finally battling this i'm coming to terms then everything now about four months in dude i still have a shit ton of anxiety it's just different right and i've been researching like you ever do that thing where you just like kind of google your anxiety symptoms like a a, ambiguous statement like 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 freaked out about like but like like a long like sentence or something yeah and then google like like, do you mean this 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 every time i fucking do that it brings me to a a woman's health site (laughs) i'm not kidding you it's like womenshealth.org you have time anxiety that's what i'm fucking dealing with right now there's this activity there's this activity we could do there's this you're googling like i feel bloated i'm sweaty there's blood coming out cramps flashes no 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 but time anxiety basically where you're just 
you can't ever settle down. You're like mm. all day. I'm like, all right, I got to do this task, this task, this task, this task. And then at the end of the night where I'm fucking exhausted and I'm trying to settle down and get to bed, I'm sitting on the couch trying to watch TV yeah. and my brain's like, but we can still do this. We can still do this. We still got to do this. And I yeah. can't fucking shut it off. That's such a real thing, especially nowadays. Like everybody's trying to push productivity all the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. That, that like I think it's a social standard that you should always be using your time wisely. And also, it's like the, what they tell you with like when you first kind of like get sober or whatever. And it's like you just be as busy as possible all the time. Like run mm. yourself down, make yourself exhausted, sleep, and then get up and just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then you won't think about drinking or drugging or anything like that yeah. so it's like all right i'm just gonna be super busy super busy but then it got me into this like mentality where it's like i always have to be doing something or else i'm gonna start drinking and this which just made me feel in fucking insane right like just insane all the time mm-hmm. and well, uh you you filled basically an, an addiction with another addiction of yeah, doing of, of, productivity. of productivity and you're like yeah. i'm do-, but eventually you kind of run out of task and well there's always things to like be working on but it's mm-hmm. just like draining you're like i want i fucking want to just lay down and drink six beers and not think about anything All of those things. that's the great thing about drinking yeah you have a couple of drinks and it just feels like somebody took the weight of the world off your shoulders for a brief fucking second yeah and then without that if you don't have something like that you're just like you feel that weight all the time mm-hmm. and so i was like really struggling with that and one thing that kind of helped me out was just realizing you're going to die. Yeah. You're one day yeah. we will die. Life is finite. You're going to die. Everybody you've ever loved and known will also die. Yeah. And whether it's weeks, months or years after you're dead, everyone will forget that you ever existed. Yeah. So enjoy. Yeah. Life yeah. is finite. Nobody cares about all these little things you checked off your to-do list. At the end of the day, nobody's going to give a shit that you worked 40 hours a week or 90 hours yeah. a week. Nobody's going to care that you had $10 in the bank or 10 mil in the bank. Right. You're going to die. Everyone's going to forget about you. You're not going to be on your deathbed being like, I wish I worked more hours. Mm-hmm. I wish I went out for that promotion. I wish I did this. Maybe, maybe you're like, you know, I wish I would have worked harder to try to be the GM of a baseball team. I love baseball. I wish I always did that as opposed to being an accountant. Maybe that's a regret. But at the end of the day, it's like, fuck dude just figure out what it is that you like doing yeah and try to do that as much as possible right you know yeah yeah definitely man that was i mean again like one of the initial thoughts that i think that you have a lot when you're anxious or depressed is i could just kill myself like yeah well it's kind of funny you know what i mean and and, like half of it is jokingly the fact that that's like a knee-jerk reaction so like over the years like i said i was like first it was like well how about i do drugs instead it was like oh how about i do social suicide instead the one of the last big responses to that that i think actually helped me last year when i was having that episode was like it was like i could kill myself but then it was like i'm gonna die eventually you know right? what I mean? yeah it's what's like, the rush what's the rush yeah, yeah exactly like it's you know it's Why gonna skip happen over the rest of the race and go right to the finish line yeah if yeah, i hate yeah. myself it's like well it's gonna You're end at some gonna point. die yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether you have money in the bank or no money in the bank yeah. we all die right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, having that idea, like, that thought that, like, okay, it's going to happen. Like, like yeah. the, it's almost like a reassurance. Like, it's going to happen. Like, exactly. when you're down and you want to die, you're like, well, it will. Yeah. I'm going to die. Like, don't, don't sweat <laughs> your don't pretty sweat little it. head. 
it'll happen. Yeah. All right. You'll get the grand prize at the end. Right. Don't worry. Yeah. It'll get your climax, yeah. dude. You'll bust all over yeah, the fucking exactly. universe, dude. Listen, we're uh, all coming. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. All right. But uh, but so then I was happy for like eight months to a year, which was like yeah. the longest stretch, stretch I'd ever had. Yeah. yeah. Longest stretch I'd ever had. Great. It was awesome. And then I started feeling it again. I started feeling, you know, the thing. So I'm like, all right, let me re, uh, recenter a little bit. Let me get back into some of the hobbies that I, and activities. Because when I was happy, I was like, oh, I don't need to journal. I don't need to meditate. You know, yeah. I don't need to do any of this. Fucking know? beat it. Yeah, I'm just like happy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so, what am I gonna write in my journal? Dear journal, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's great. Yeah. yeah. Feeling good today. Killed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I did realize I was. Uh, just leaning into the productivity thing and just kind of going hand yep. into the productivity thing. And I think that there is a part of you that likes those successes and makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. But then it just becomes too much, like you said. So trying to recenter has been this process for me is like has been so hard because yeah. I'll be like, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll like take a sip of my third coffee. I don't know why I'm not being recentered. Take like hit the nicotine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm on like Adderall. I was like, I don't know why I feel so Crazy. like not like you know what I mean. I'm doing product like productive. Being productive. Yeah, yeah. Being productive. I think it's also kind of like a just addictive personality sort of thing too. You get addicted to checking things off the to do list, and yeah. then when you feel like you're not checking things off, or when checking things off doesn't give you the dopamine rush that it used to, you're like, why the fuck isn't yeah. this working anymore? And then you feel fucking crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so that's what actually having a little background in, like, meditation and spirituality, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it I believe, but a big part of that is just being comfortable with silence. Yeah. And Anna Gallagher actually, she's like, like, a bit where she's like, yeah, I've been trying to listen to silence more. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Uh, uh, that's but, a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, listening to silence and actually being comfortable. Because, like you said, so what I do now, when you're, when you're thinking, like, I don't want to be productive but i don't want to drink six beers to not feel like i need yeah. to be productive it's like okay what can i do that's kind of productive but doesn't feel like it's making me productive yeah read a book you know what i mean i love reading now that reading's huge but what i've been doing is when i get that overwhelming feeling at the end of the night it's like like meditation i'll just really focus on my breathing yeah and just try to just zone everything out and focus on breathing yeah and then just knowing it's like you will die you're yeah. going to die just you don't need to fucking clean out your fridge right now. Right. You don't need to vacuum or it's it's midnight mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. <laughs> don't vacuum. Don't vacuum. You have neighbors, they will hate you. <laughs> you don't need to do that right now. Right. It's like you can just sit and enjoy tomorrow will come and you'll have a brand new to-do list of things to do yeah. and you won't get all of them done and then they'll go over to the next day and that's you'll yeah, you're going to have things. you have yeah. infinite time to yeah. do most of the things that you want to do. And if you don't get to it, here's the other thing is like kind of learned with like podcasting. It was like where I don't put out an episode for a week or something. It's like nobody's waiting for me to do it. You know, like, when's that next articulate? I'm waiting, Steve. Dude, I'm waiting. fucking waiting. Okay. No, but like with your I to-do hate when you go inarticulate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like with the to-do list, it's like, yeah. all right, the vacuuming didn't happen for a week. I live a little dirtier for a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of it too is like it, it comes back to comedy as well. I think a comedy is a huge source of anxiety um which you know a hobby is supposed to be like you know like you're supposed fun. to get fun out of it you know right. but also there's the comedy there's a lot of like competitiveness to it, especially as you see your peers doing well and stuff and you're yeah. like am i not grinding enough 
I need to be working harder. The yeah. only way I'm going to get better at this is if I'm working harder and writing more and mm-hmm. performing more and trying to hit three mics a night and do this and stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe. But also at the end of the day, you got to understand a lot of things are just kind of like a lot of like some of the better shows I've ever done have come from just lucky breaks right. or somebody happens to see me at a show and they're like, Hey, I liked that set. Could you do time on this show? And then all of a sudden like a lot of, it's just who, where you are. And that's how some things come around. It's like that person hasn't noticed that I was grinding for like eight months working yeah. out this shit. It's like, no, they saw me do a quick spot here. And they're like, that was funny. I think you could do some time on this show. And it's something like, yeah. but, but there is a lot of anxiety in the day to day. There's life so much the stand dude. And, and that it, was like, Big thing for me, like last year, I felt like I started with like I started with like Jamie, Romy, Rosner, Chris Alio, and like Kyle Reagan, and I, we were like a year in, and all of them had been like doing like crushing it, yeah. And I was like a year in, like still doing my fucking bald jokes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like there was a point where it's like, dude, I'm like that 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 was when I was at my lowest, like yeah. right before I quit, like got laid off, and like it was just like going to quit was such like a big. I was like, I, I I'm. I don't want to quit, but I can't keep up with these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, the idea of, like, just, like, that conflict was so big in my mind. And then, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. quitting, being not being productive towards, like, creative things that you love. You know what I mean? It just, like, understanding that something that said, because I, I, I stopped acting recently to come back to stand-up. Something that my sister said to me recently, because I was kind of having a bigger conflict about it again. Mm-hmm. But, like, with that in my pocket, like, leaving stand-up the first time, it was a lot easier for me to cope. She's like... She's like, listen, these things, technically, of course, you see them as, like, long-term investments or, like, long-term careers or whatever. But technically, until they're a career, they are a hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you're not enjoying it, then you don't, like, there's no obligation. I love that. Yeah. yeah. There's literally no obligation. If you're not enjoying it, just don't do it anymore. Because yeah. if you really love it, you'll come back to it. Like, with stand-up. It's like, if you really want to do it, take a break. And, of course, you know, you're going to backpedal and, you know what I mean? Like, people always recommend not doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's not about, like, if you enjoy it, do it because you enjoy it, not because you yeah. feel like you should be doing it. I've heard, I've heard James say that, too. He's like, if you're not feeling any joy doing stand-up at all, really? then just take a break. Yeah. He didn't say quit, but he's like, take a break. Yeah. Just, and I, I take, I've been taking breaks now. Like, uh, I took... Uh, not this previous week, but I took a whole week off of mics before that. Like, yeah. I stayed home every night, and I wrote. And that was really helpful to me, because then I came up with, like, eight to ten new premises Dude, that I wanted to explore. Thing, when, you have, yeah. when you're doing, this, like, the same jokes in front of the same people, and, oh, like, yeah. writing at a pace that is, like, measured weekly. Whereas mm-hmm. if you take a week off and you can come up with, like, a whole new three minutes or whatever. That's, yeah. The, and you come back, you just feel so much like, okay, I've got, like... I not, love that. Because that's the thing. Yeah. It's, like, you look on Instagram, you see all your friends at... A bunch of mics every night oh, and when you're not doing mics you're like fuck dude i'm clearly of course they're doing better than me like of course they're getting booked on more shows like i i'm not grinding as much as them but it's like you know what dude the other thing that gets me in my head is like where i spend months every night out sitting at the same bars waiting to perform jokes to the same people mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. like and that's what gets me there it goes back to the time thing Right. Like it actually is like the idea that my life is finite and I'm just spending all this time waiting around to do four minutes. Mm -hmm. And I just and that's what gets me angry sometimes. I I like uh, I feel it, especially at mics like some unfortunately some of the better mics where there's more of a crowd, more of the comics come out and you're further down the list. 
and stuff, and you're just sitting there watching all this stand up, just waiting to do your four minutes, and then if you don't even do that well, yeah, then it was like, it's oh, like the whole thing was a fuck. fucking wash. Like it's yeah, it's like I can still learn something from these jokes, but it's like fuck, I didn't bring it. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to win them over. Right, and that's just that's tough. But it's like luckily you and me, Steve, we don't have that problem. <laughs> we don't have that anymore. Yeah, man, fucking. <laughs> I've we're time cured. I pick up a microphone, gold, baby. Yeah. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> But no, it's like yeah, it, no. It, it, that's why you have to be semi delusional to be a yeah. stand up. I talked about it with uh, Manny and Tyler on the last one. It was basically like you literally have to have some sort of delusion that all of this is going to be worth it in the end because yeah. there's so many points of like waiting around, lowness, anxiety. You know what I mean? Just like self doubt. Yeah, thinking self-doubt. what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah. I used to have it. I think about that sometimes. I used to kind of joke about it all the time. It's like, especially in dead rooms, oh, when I used to run JJ's on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I remember just looking at a bunch of people, and they would look at you like, I don't want to be here at all. This is miserable, <laughs> giving you no laughs. And right. I remember just, like, thinking, I was like, I used to have a fucking life. I used yeah. to go out drinking and go on dates and hang out <laughs> with people and go out on Thursday nights, and now I'm just waiting around to do comedy to people yeah. that don't want to hear it. But it's like... At the end of the day, it's a challenge, and I like the challenge, and I love yeah. it. So, so um, when I took my break, I took way longer than a week off, right? Mm-hmm. But I was doing acting class, so I was still getting on stage twice a week for five to ten minutes. And how'd you like that? It Honestly, I had no idea how much it had, had helped until I had been back to stand-up now for, like, two months-ish. Mm-hmm. And, like, dude, my—again, my script—so my jokes are still, like, kind of older jokes— mm-hmm. Um, but what I learned through acting was, like, even if it's a shitty script, you have to bring the emotional performance. Yeah, you got to sell it. Right. Yeah. So for, from what I learned with, with stand-up is, like, you have to work with what you got. So even if you're working with shitty jokes, you can still bring, like, an emotion to them and bring an, a, an emotional perspective to the jokes. And you can do emotional prep before you get on stage, whereas, like, you know, you know you're depressed, everybody else is depressed. It's like, how are you going to bring any excitement to a joke where you're supposed to be excited about something yeah. at the premise and then, it, like, you know, you flip it or whatever, right? It's like, how do I do that? So you literally have to, part of acting was, you know, sitting in a room for two minutes before you go up on stage and just emotionally prepping yourself through either getting yourself excited, or, like imagining uh, an exciting scenario, imagining, you know, if you're supposed to be sad for a joke, imagining like a sad scenario yeah. or something like that. And then, like, bringing that on stage. So, like, coming back is, like, yes, I'm still working with, you know, maybe not the greatest of jokes, but I felt like my stage presence has, like, exponentially increased. That's awesome. Was, yeah. And I think that'll also allow you to just be looser with those jokes, which is yeah. something that I've, like, about a year and a half into it now is what I'm really trying to do. I got a lot of jokes where I know what the idea of the joke is and why I think it's funny. And then I kind of will write the joke out in my notebook. And then when I when it's a newer joke, I think because I'm anxious about it and getting lost in the joke and missing tags and stuff, I yeah. want to kind of try to do it by the book. Right. That's not how a, a good joke, I feel like you just got to be loose with it. It's got to be natural. Really, yeah. Really just let it fly, let it rip, listen back to the recording, try to figure out what worked, mm-hmm. but then just not over think it too much yeah and i think that's the one of the good thing about sometimes putting jokes on ice and then coming back to them is just like not only do you have a different perspective of it but it's like all right now i can just have fun with it be real loose with it yeah. and really try to just ham it up up there if that's what it needs or if it needs more of like a deadpan delivery you can work on that as well but yeah. yeah well again bringing it back to part of acting is you're watching a scene of people trying to experience something emotionally and so what they hammered into us at class was 
make it real. So like get your emotional perspective on all these things. Forget the script. Like it was not about the words at all. So you go up there and you just like have a real emotional connection with the person on stage and just do the lines and make it feel like you're really experiencing the things that you're saying. And then if you miss, you know, a a line or two, you know, we would get like 85% of the words and be like, hey, work on those words. But that was a great scene. You know what I mean? So with a joke, you know, you have so many tags and so many things. But if you can make it feel real and hit like the main emotional points that you're trying to make, then it's like you can all like you said, you just come back and you just come back and make it feel more real the next time, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. So that's how you work out your anxiety. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. That's, uh, Put anxiety into you're your all jokes. cured. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you all owe me eighty dollars for that last hour. Yeah. <laughs> I do but, not take Aetna. <laughs> <laughs> Aetna, that's the one I have. That's funny. Uh, they don't take that for some. Anyways, uh, no. But last time you came on, you were still kind of in the thick of it. It felt yeah. like you were able to still articulate a lot of what you were going through and that you needed to pull back. And it seems like this time you've actually applied a lot of those things into your. Um, thought processes. Yeah, working on it. I, the biggest thing was just uh, taking a break from drinking. So I don't know if I'm done with it forever. I'm not saying that. It's like stand-up. Wanna, yeah. It's just like taking a break taking from a break. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. This is my longest break from anything. For all, But, uh, yeah, um, I originally wanted to do – because everyone at first kept asking me, like the first couple. Because I think also I had a little bit of a image of just like the person that would drink a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people were like – when I first came in, I was like, yeah, I'm not drinking and everything. But, oh, what? Yeah. And they're like, how long is this going to last? Let's see this. And then, like, and I'd always say every now and then, like, yeah, I'm not drinking tonight, not doing this. And then either be drinking that night or the next right. night. So yeah. I think, and everyone's like, all right, how long are you doing it? How long are you doing that? People keep asking me. I was like, I didn't have a timeline in mind. And so afterwards, I just started saying 90 days because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, 90 days. I'm going to see if I can do 90 days. And then I was like, holy shit, I did 90 days. Yeah. And people were like, all right, you did 90 days. Are you going to go back to it or something? I'm like, all right, let's just keep riding out. Let's yeah. see how far it goes. So it's like, as cliche and hack as it sounds, just taking it one day at a time. And it's like, let's fucking see how it goes. And, like, it's certainly been – I've lost, like, 10 pounds. <laughs> like, it's just – and, like, I'm definitely feeling healthier and everything. And you can think better. And it makes writing easier. You're not losing days being hungover. You don't have just, like – the crippling anxiety where you want to walk off of a roof, you know, it's like you're yeah. able to kind of do things, but life is so much flatter and mm-hmm. it is very boring. And you also feel your emotions more. So when there is a shitty situation, like a breakup or like, you know, something at work or something with stand up or just like an argument with friends, you're going to feel it a lot more and you can't run and hide behind having 12 beers. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't keep pushing that shit away. You kind of got to deal with it, which sucks. But like, you could have like thirteen beers, yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, boy, but, have I. <laughs> no, but but trust me. I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of quotes, a lot of people that uh, talk about when they get older, they don't feel emotion as much. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to, like you said, while it is intense, while you're feeling it, mm. I think there's a point where that's important because you might not be able to feel it. It's super important. I think yeah. feeling emotions is. A very important thing. It's very new to me right now, and so it's still very discombobulating because I think I had been running away from it for such a long time. And I do still, like, you know, smoke weed, and every now and then will take the easy way out to avoid feeling and thinking things smoke weed still, which is something, like, that I basically started doing as a teenager to not yeah. – to kind of ignore all those confusing emotions and such before I even could put a label on anxiety. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I still have some of those sh- things to work through, but, um, but you're, you're working on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. If you want to cry, I wish I could. I can't. <laughs> I just I can't. I'm not good at crying. I haven't cried in a while. I can't do it. You can't do it. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. I tried, dude. I've tried really? sitting there and just really. Like, all right, let's fucking just let it all out. Let's think about some of these crazy things and then like. I've like once even tried to like start it by like. Yeah. I've tried to like fucking get it like a real sob going. I can't cry. I don't know. One day it's just gonna be a valve. Oh, dude, it's gonna. I'm gonna flood my room. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta have to. I should probably get renters insurance just in case I have. Yeah. But uh, but no man, I, I I mean again, I think the more you experience emotion, the more it, maybe they'll build up, maybe they'll feel it more, and then maybe you'll be able to process shit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a fucking therapist. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> That'd be crazy if you were. This is how you this did it. Yeah. this is like yeah, yeah. I just I record everything here. Uh, it's gonna be eighty dollars <laughs> and uh. HIPAA's out the window. <laughs> this was live. This was live. Yeah, I put this on YouTube. Oh, yeah. you didn't want that on YouTube? You signed. Yeah. Dude, you like, signed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is your signature, right? Yeah. Um, this is your signature, Josh Mar- Martier. Uh, follow oh, him yeah. on Instagram at Josh underscore M-R or M-A-R-T-I underscore underscore. Yep. Uh, he does a lot of comedy. He's a very, very Yeah, come man. out to JJ's on Thursday nights. Yeah. Show starts at 930. We got that. Um, yeah. You'll see. Every now and then I get a show. I'll put it up there. <laughs> Chubbiest cheeks in comedy, baby. Chubbiest cheeks in the game, yeah. baby. Yeah. Still got it. You would have thought the drinking would help, but the not drinking would help. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming and opening up, dude. And uh, I, uh, we're going to do another mental health check. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. You'll see months. me again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you don't see me, I die. <laughs> I, uh, coping mechanisms didn't work out. I finally succumbed to the pressure. No. And these episodes meant nothing. Yeah, so. these, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, this is the this is like the second Lord of the Rings movie, all right? There will be the return of the king. <laughs> okay. I will come back. <laughs> all right, Mario, I'm going to give you a little I'll microphone. Love it, Let's do I'll it. Let's Hell go. yeah. Cool, man. Thanks. Oh, dude.